Hello, everyone. My name is Amanda Lee Love. I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia. And today's guest is Mar JJ Mariah, and she's written the book, The Soul of Purpose. So welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. It's so great to be here. So you were actually diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So tell me a little bit about your story. Uh, I was many years ago. Um, essentially, I was working as a research scientist at the time. It was pretty out of the blue for me, honestly. Uh, the, the diagnosis really surprised me. Doctors ran a ton of tests. Right. Couldn't find anything else wrong. So, of course, they ended up diagnosing me with fibromyalgia syndrome since there was nothing else obvious that that was the cause of my pain. Like so many of us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So what did you, what, so what did you start with? Were you doing the medications? What were you doing? I opted out of the medication route from the beginning. I did try some pain patches and, yeah. and other stuff. Uh, honestly, I'm very thankful that I never decided to go the medication route because uh, now science very clearly knows how detrimental Lyrica is to health and well-being and how yeah. it actually prevents neural connections from forming in the brain. And, and to me, that's just truly, truly horrifying. Um, I just had the deep, deep intuition and feelings at the time. Don't pursue that route. So I didn't. But yeah. I did try pain patches. I did try other things. Uh, at that point, I even had pretty intense chemical sensitivity. So even something like a Tylenol or an Advil was not really palatable to me. So wow. uh, I, I was in pretty extreme pain and couldn't do much of anything. And I just knew that I had to find ways that were going to be natural and holistic in order to heal my life because I was in my mid twenties and that was not something that I was going to live with for the rest of my life. My mother had health issues. Uh, she had chronic pain issues. She also had degenerative spinal disease. Yeah. And I just, I had seen my whole life, uh, just literally how negative it was. And I refused to, you know, to live my life in that fashion. You sound like me. I was, I was diagnosed at 20. So, and I only did the medication for a few days because I was like, this is not doing anything. And honestly, I believe it was Cymbalta that I did. So yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, and having worked directly in the pharmaceutical industry as a research scientist, yeah. I know how flawed some pharmaceuticals could be. So it just wasn't something that yeah. I was willing to risk. No, I wasn't either. And luckily I had a grandma who was like, no, you shouldn't be on these medications. Yeah. It, and it's so nice. Like when family actually <laughs> supports you, yeah. Uh, I didn't necessarily have people that were supportive of me. Uh, I actually ended up getting divorced. You know, my, my husband left me. I ended up being separated from my young children. I lost my job. I had to declare bankruptcy and I lost my family home due to foreclosure. So the disease literally destroyed everything in my life. So then how did you keep going? It was very hard from a mindset perspective, but I've always had a deep spiritual connection. Yeah. And I did have a spiritual teacher at that point in time. And it honestly, uh, it made it easier to understand for me that I was just going through a change. I was going through a process to where my right. life was being reshaped. 
And I have always believed since I was a small child that God never gives you anything that you can't handle. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people with fibromyalgia and chronic pain oftentimes have had traumatic uh, experiences in their past, whether it be right. their childhood. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely my story. So I always clung to that spiritual aspect of my life from a young age as like a life raft, so to speak. And that really helped to pull me through it. I knew if it was something I was going through, that there was a way to get through it. And I wasn't going to stay debilitated forever. And even though it took a, a really long time, like it took about a couple of years, right. uh, I really stuck with it and was able to find ways to heal myself completely and to do it completely naturally as well. Yeah. You, you sound totally like me. I knew there was like a bigger purpose. Why would God put me through that? If yeah, absolutely. It wasn't, if it wasn't to help other people with it. Mm -hmm. and stuff. So honestly, that totally resonates with me. Well, um, yeah, I told God when I was a kid, I wanted oh. to be a healer, right? That, that was the word I used. I did not use oh. the word doctor, but to, to my chagrin, yeah. uh, I ended up not going to medical school, opting for a different path. And honestly, now I'm, I'm so glad that I, I didn't go through medical school knowing, knowing how much uh, of health and wellness actually is due to lifestyle. Like right. I knew what I wanted to do ever since I was a kid. And that's really the direction that this has led me in. If I had not gone through what I went through, how could I tell other people what they need to do to get better and change their lives? Yes. Yeah, right. You have to go through it yeah. because you have to relate to the people who you're helping. It definitely makes it easier. I think when yeah. you can relate to people and you can be a lot more compassionate and understanding of, yeah. of the situation and circumstance that people find themselves in. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your book. Absolutely. So my yeah. second book, The Soul of Purpose was just published. I wrote this book because I wanted to dispel a lot of the myths that people have about what a healing journey actually looks like. So there's things that, that doctors and other people say that you should do, but they don't really tie all the pieces together as to what this looks like in a day-to-day -day approach. Right. So the second half of my book is really structured in a way that each chapter is like step by step, like you're just going incrementally in a way that these things are going to work together and build synergy as opposed to providing conflict in your life. Like it literally teaches you, like we start out talking about like breath work and how learning how to actually work with the breath and breathe properly is foundational long before you ever would consider doing mindfulness or meditation. Cause if you can't yeah. breathe, there's no way that, that you're going to be able to actually sustain a meditation practice. I mean, and how many people even that aren't feeling bad come and say, Hey, I can't meditate. I don't know how to do this. Right. So the book actually sets you up for success. It walks you step-by-step step in a way that you can actually adapt these lifestyle principles in a way that's going to be helpful and synergistic and really help you to actually get better. Yeah, I, I read the whole book and um, I thought that was really interesting about the breath work and stuff because we don't think about it. We focus on the other aspects of healing. And there's even apps out there now, like Calm and other ones that like teach you how to slow down and take a deep breath when you're a little bit too stressed at work or if anxiety gets the best of you. And if you're dealing with chronic pain, stress and anxiety are going to get the best of you at some point in time. I mean, I also yeah. had to deal with clinically diagnosed anxiety and clinically yeah. diagnosed depression at the time. 
both of which I was also over able to overcome naturally through all of these same things. So it's like all of the stuff goes really, really hand in hand. Yeah, they actually said, the rheumatologist, when I was diagnosed, they actually were like, to my grandmother, they were like, well, she's probably just depressed. Mm-hmm. So. Don't you just like love what doctors <laughs> especially used to say back in the day? I don't know if it's gotten better for people because when I was diagnosed, it was in the mid 2000s and there was yeah. still the, the notion with some doctors that it was a mental thing more than a physical thing. Right. I don't know how much that, that, that has changed, honestly, but when I didn't want to do medications, my rheumatologist just was like, well, there's no reason for me to see you. I'm like, well, I agree. I'll just go see like my family physician. That's fine. I mean, yeah. ultimately, I just decided to do my own thing because it, it, my doctor knew there was nothing that she could really do to help me. And it was probably something I had to figure out on my own. And I, I was okay with that. Yeah. For me, I was diagnosed in 2010. So it's been over 10 years. And the only thing that he said, medication, physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And, and right next door to the physical therapist was like a pain management place. And we, okay. so we were like, oh, should we do that? And they're like, oh yeah, sure. And then I got all the injections with the shots into all the different trigger points, which wow. was the most excruciating thing I've ever done in my life. So yeah, I, I can't even imagine that. I, I tried a bunch of different uh, natural therapies, which, yeah. which were helpful, but honestly, it was meditation that really, really helped me to get better. And I say that that yeah. was 85% of my journey. Doctors talk about exercise and diet, like being the foundational yeah. thing. I'm going to say, no, your foundational thing is, is meditation on that initial foundation of breath work, but really mindfulness yeah. and meditation, like learning how to be okay with your past and heal the emotional trauma. Like if you don't do that, I don't think that there's any way to get over a condition like fibromyalgia or rheumatoid arthritis or any of the other numerous manifestations that you can find yourself with because it really is a disease that goes into the body because, because of that emotional trauma. So you have to be able to like heal that at its source. Yeah. You have to go back and look at what, emotional stuff you've gone through. And I didn't even remember like, that's how traumatic like sexual abuse as a child for me was. I had no mental recollections whatsoever, but I did have a a lot of deep fear. So like working with a counselor and a ministerial guide, I was able to piece these things together, but to even get to the point of acknowledging that I had gone through uh, like sexual abuse and probably other forms of violence as a very young child, yeah. was very difficult for me because I was always the straight A student, the go-getter, right. like, how could I possibly have forgotten this? You know, I mean, we, yeah. we now know, like psychologists know that you will put up a mental block to things like that. Yeah. But when you go through, when you go through it yourself, it's a little bit different. But when I was able to get through that hurdle and continue on with regular mindfulness and meditation, it really just like lets the body open up its self-healing mechanism. It resets your sympathetic, your parasympathetic nervous system. And it's really, really good for unburdening the nervous system, which is really what fibro is. It's like a disease of the nervous system. So meditation is truly, truly foundational. And I highly recommend it to anyone who's suffering from chronic pain. I love that. Um, so you talk about the well method in your book. So tell us a little bit about that. 
So what I realized after many years of trial and error and working with hundreds of people, different cultures all around the globe, was that there was one thing that was a determining factor if someone was going to succeed and it wasn't what they did. It wasn't right. if they meditated, it yeah. wasn't if they changed their diet, it was what their mindset was from the outcome. Did they yeah. believe from day one that they were gonna be successful and that they were going to overcome whatever limitations they were facing? So yeah. I created the well method to really set a very, very strong foundation for individuals and to create an ethos for healthy living and healthy mindset that is bespoke to you. So the well method has like guidelines, but you have to fill in those guidelines as to what is appropriate for you and what is important to you. So it sets the foundation and the framework, and then you bring your personal life into that picture and you're able to create essentially your own personalized ethos for healthy living and mindset. That's awesome. And it, it really, when you go through the book, I love the exercises where it tells you, okay, you need to focus on this and stuff. Um, you also talked about like working like energy, like, so if you're water, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, the elemental types is something that is pretty foundational to both Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine. Now they, yeah. they use slightly different systems, but they both come back to this elemental framework. And so yeah. the system that I utilize is more in alignment with Ayurveda than Chinese medicine, but ultimately it doesn't matter what you use. It's just a way to understand that everything that's in this physical realm about your physical body uh, it also relates to your temperament, to the way that you think and interact with the world at large. So yeah. like purpose literally creates all of these things about you. It, it creates your elemental composition. It creates your physical body type. It gives you your strengths and your talents and gifts. And all of these things are, are kind of like the magic that shapes you into who you are. So when you're living in accordance with who you truly are uh, down deep inside, right it's very easy to create a healthy mindset and to be happy and to boost your immunity and all these other things that just go hand in hand uh, simply with happiness. Like it, it's yeah. truly amazing how much is connected with just being happy in life. So when you start aligning with those things and creating a healthy mindset, you enable your physical body to heal. Yeah. And I thought that was very interesting that you could sort of tell right away which type you were. You were. Yes, you can tell primary types like almost yeah. immediately. Uh, and the reason why I go into the five elements and not just into the three doshas of Ayurveda is yeah. because let's say like uh, Kapha dosha in Ayurveda, it has both earth and water and yeah. Pitta has both water and fire. Well, water and fire are about as opposite as you can get, but they're classified I, together. Yeah. Like if you're watery, you're kind of like flowing, you go with the flow, like water takes the shape of its container. That's a way to say that a water-based person psychologically is going to be impacted by the people they spend the most time around. Right. Drastically different than fire, like who's like, this yeah. is the way it is. I'm determined. I'm going to do what I want, no matter what. You can't like get any different. So I've always found the need to break things down to elemental compositions so that people understand not just their physical body type, but also how it impacts the mind because the mind is truly foundational to everything. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting that your body type, because we always think, oh, we're a certain body type, but we don't really think about why we're a body. 
Well, yeah. And a lot of, I don't think a lot of people truly dive into it that much. This is the direct connection between spirituality and health and between spirituality and like living your purpose. Like purpose is literally that connecting factor between the two. So this is how you can see that God had this master plan for you and you were created perfect. Like you hear that in church, you hear that in religions all the time. Well, this is the spiritual science behind it. Literally, your purpose created you exactly perfect to do what you were supposed to do down to giving you the body composition and the talents and the gifts and the way that you relate relate to your reality. So that to me is so inspiring. And and you know what? Inspiration, yeah. if you're not inspired, you're not going to have that mindset of success. No, you're going to you're not going to keep trying new things. You're just, just yeah, absolutely. Up. Like you got to know like that you are set up for success from day one and that obstacles are merely there to bring out your deepest potential and to enable you to manifest your greatness. Yeah. And there's a reason why you're going through that obstacle. You just might not be able to see it at this point in time. Absolutely. They, they say hindsight is 2020, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, why is it a important to find a personalized approach to health and wellness? Well, because everyone has these different constitution types, different elemental makeup, like Ayurveda and Chinese medicine are great examples. Like they have long recognized for thousands of years that even for the same ailment, two different people with two different constitution types are going to have two to three different approaches to solving that problem. If you're like a water type, for example, what you need to do to rectify a problem is going to be vastly different than maybe a fire type because you got to address the root cause, not just the symptom. The disease is the symptom of what is going on inside, but understanding your constitution enables you to tackle the root cause to eliminate symptom. I love that. Um, So is there a difference between mindfulness, meditation, and what is it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's pretty huge differences between the two. Uh, And just merely for a sake of explanation, so people that can understand, when I talk about mindfulness and meditation in my book, The Soul of Purpose, like we're really looking at meditation as being a practice that you do where you're closing your eyes and you're breathing or you're doing something to try and eliminate your thoughts. It's like a tangible exercise. Mindfulness is much more active in that it is understanding what is it that has happened in my past that has impacted my present and what am I doing right now that is creating my future. So it's like a conscious recognition using inner discernment, uh, like where you really look at and analyze your life and you understand what has created your reaction patterns and you'll learn how to become less reactive and more consciously responsive. Yeah, so you're paying attention to what you're doing. Because most of everything yeah. that we do actually becomes subconscious or unconscious. Yeah. And then we don't even remember why we're reacting to something. I, I think I, in the, in the book, um, I probably yeah. use the example of the dog, right? Like if you're bitten by a dog, yeah. you're probably going to be fearful of dogs. So right. uh, if I was bitten by a dog and I walk down the street and I see a pit bull and I like clench up and get afraid and don't want it to get near me, that is a reaction pattern because that pit bull on the street did nothing to me. It might be the sweetest, friendliest little dog on the planet, but I would never know because of that reaction pattern. So it's learning to acknowledge that a lot of times 
we react to things based on situations that have happened in our past. And yeah. this kind of gets locked into the body. It even gets locked into the physical body uh, and body memory. So by adapting a mindfulness practice, you can learn to the next time you see a dog or something that's going to evoke yeah. fear to recognize that that's based on the past. And you can yeah. choose to overwrite that programming in your brain just by choosing to respond in a different way here and now. Yeah, I, I honestly, I could relate to that story because, but my dog was actually attacked and stuff. And it was a dog just, the dog just came right up and attacked him for wow. no fair reason. And it took a, like, it took a while for me to be like, okay, I'm reacting. Like every time I saw like a dog without a leash, it was like a nervous feeling and stuff about it. But eventually I got over it. But I mean, you have to. Yeah, you have a to traumatic. You have to acknowledge it. It's like, a, yeah. especially when it's traumatic and then you have to take them to the vet and get stitches and all of that. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And, and there's reasons like that we have fear. Fear is yeah. a mechanism that's meant to protect us. It's just at some point it goes beyond protection and just it starts to inhibit the quality of life. So right. mindfulness just helps people to, uh, to recognize that. And also that the mind works in such a fascinating way. Like you can't erase something that's in the mind, but you can overwrite it. Like we right. would an old fashioned cassette tape. So when you're in the midst of that feeling, that's like literally the only time you can go in and overwrite that. So when you find yourself in that same situation or similar yeah. situation, again, you can go and bring new feelings and emotions into it. And yeah. it will literally like override the, the, the bad memory that you have had before because you're putting new information on top of it. it yeah. It's pretty fascinating how the brain works. And yeah, because you said, you said in the book, you, instead of thinking of the, that the dog was going to do something to the person, you mm -hmm. just think, oh, it's a sweet dog and, and stuff. And it's not. Yep. And then you literally are overriding the trauma that you have stored in your mind. So then the next time you see a dog, that response is going to get less and less and less. And you can bring right. mindfulness into it more and more and more. And it gets easier until eventually it's just like you've wiped the slate clean and you don't have that reaction pattern anymore. Yeah. It's a easy thing to do once you understand how to do it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and simple, uh, simple and easy do not necessarily uh, mean that it's still like not challenging. It can be right. like a very, very easy thing to like go in and do, but it, it takes it a takes lot of time. courage and energy yeah. and time yeah. and just persistence. Consistency is huge. You, you know, you want to change your mind. It's all about consistency. Everything in life is consistency, whatever you're doing, because if you even just take five minutes a day to do the exact same thing you will overwrite old patterns, you know, within about four to six weeks. You know, even if you just took five minutes a day to sit and practice deeper breathing, you would see tremendous, tremendous change six weeks later. Five minutes a day, that's all. That's not, that's not anything. It, it's not considering that like the average time people spend on social media is over an hour a day. Probably even more. <laughs> Probably even more now, especially since yeah. most people are working from home during COVID. But even yeah. like when I saw those statistics come out originally, it's like everyone wants to say, hey, I don't have time to change my lifestyle. It's like, yeah, you know, 
time. You just need to focus your mindset. Yeah, you just need to cut a little bit of something out. It might, yeah. it might not even be social media. Maybe it's TV or something else that you're. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I guess I go to social media because I, I do a lot of communications and PR work for people. So it's like, I'm yeah. always on my computer, right? So I mean, like, so am I. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like, what's like right in front of me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's like whatever your vice is, you know, you can always find ways to multitask or do something new or add a few minutes into your day to do something productive. And it's easier to start a new habit when you start off small and slow and then add on to it. Like don't try to move mountains from day one, just start off with something slow and learn to be consistent with it because consistency is your superpower. Isn't that the truth? Absolutely. I mean, think about it. I went from a point of being completely debilitated to where I couldn't even lift a two pound pot to put it on the stove to boil water to being completely healed naturally without a trace of fibromyalgia without any health concerns and i like knock on wood you know i haven't even gotten sick in years i I don't even have to like worry about covid really like once you learn how to live like a healthy holistic lifestyle and to take care of yourself and your mindset you really shield yourself from so many detrimental things whether it's illness or whether it's relationship stress or whether it's like financial stress like you've put up a barrier to all of these different things What is the direct connection between spirituality and health? It's literally in living your purpose because purpose is that causal seed that has created everything about you, about your mind, your constitution, your physical body type. So when you're able to live your purpose each and every day, you are actually doing small and simple things because you're you're using your talents and your gifts. You, You are doing everything that is going to help you be in alignment with who you are. And that is going to keep you healthier. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing. If you're living your purpose and you're helping other people. And it's it, not- it elevates everything. Yeah. Like and it's science, not you. <laughs> no, like, like science now knows stress, fear, negativity, anxiety, right. depression, all of yeah. these things, literally they weaken your immune system. They throw right. your hormones out of balance. They make you more susceptible to lifestyle diseases, including heart disease. Uh, Stress raises cortisol levels in the body, which is the stress hormone, which causes you to gain weight and put on stomach fat. Also a contributing factor to heart disease. So it it literally like all the stuff comes down to that happy, healthy mindset. So conversely, while those things deplete your immunity and throw things out of whack, purpose, happiness, joy have been shown, shown to boost your immune system They keep the microbiome in your gut happy and healthy, which is directly connected to mental health and well-being. They literally help to regulate your hormones. Uh, It helps you to release like more dopamine and serotonin in the body naturally, which are hormones that affect your mood. So even just those small, simple things you can do each and every day, taking time for yourself, utilizing a talent or a hobby, something that you're good at doing, these things are going to keep you healthy. And there's just so much beauty in that, that you just do the things that you're good at and it helps to keep you healthy. It's pretty profound, but pretty simple too. Yeah. It's simple to do, which everybody needs to start simple. Yes. In this time. 
Absolutely. Uh, and really the things that are the most profound really are the most simple too. You just have to really focus your mindset around that so yeah. that you stay consistent. It all comes back to the mindset. Mm-hmm. So um, how does purpose create and impact your physical body types? So purpose is foundational to creating your physical body structure to begin with, because it is what has created your elemental composition or constitution. So once you know what your elemental uh, makeup is, you can use that to find the best ways to stay healthy, whether that be the types of foods that are going to be best for you or types of exercises or times of day to do things like exercise or take a nap. All of this is literally dependent on your constitution type and that has been created from your purpose. Yeah, and I thought, I, I found out mine and I was like, oh, that makes total sense. Why I like certain things, why I like weight training and stuff. I was like, oh, that makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's something that you're not, if you find out your elemental constitution, it's going to bring a, a lot of relief and happiness because you're going to go, yeah. hey, this is so true for me. And then you're going to be motivated to go and learn more and find out more and just get more in alignment with your constitution. Yeah. I thought that was one of the most interesting things in the book. Um, is there a, oh, um, how can your element, oh, how did the well method help you heal from fibromyalgia naturally? It's really in creating that healthy mindset. I didn't create the well method until long after I had become healthy again, but it was really in retrospect to looking back, what was it that enabled me to get healthy? It was my, my rock solid connection with God, my belief that we're never given anything that we can't handle and that everything does serve like a higher purpose kind of like, just like looking towards the future and understanding that I may not know what's happening right here in the moment, but I need to have faith in this process. So the well method is set up in a way that's going to help you create a healthy mindset, no matter where you're at in your journey, it can just give you those little (laughs) seeds of inspiration that you need to succeed. And, And sometimes that's all you have. That may be all you have are those like little tiny seeds of inspiration, uh, but that's all that you truly need. It's like, like the, the Bible says, all you need is faith yeah. the size of a mustard seed and you, right. know, you, can move, you can move a mountain. If something is true to you, it can be almost microscopic, but it is yeah. true and it exists and it's going to make a difference. Yeah. And that's what really got me through. I couldn't even get off the couch. I couldn't even shower. And I just had this faith that there was a other reason why I was going through this pain. I just didn't know why. Yeah. It's, you just have to have a little bit of faith. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of faith will go a really long way. Yeah. Is nutrition the future of mental health care and why? Yes, yes. And <laughs> yes, uh, because nutrition, uh, yes. <laughs> So let's, let's see here. Um, yeah. The microbiome in the gut is very strongly connected with mental health and well-being. Like science now knows the direct connection between a healthy, thriving microbiome 
uh, and stress and anxiety and depression. So the healthier that your microbiome is, the better your mood is gonna be, the less stressed you're going to be, uh, and the happier and less depressed you are going to be. And that is all around what you eat. So yeah. your microbiome is the same thing as probiotics. We take probiotics, which are a microbiome. Yeah. Uh, and then, but you also need to feed that microbiome with prebiotics, which is essentially insoluble fiber. So if you're eating things that are like fiber rich foods, maybe it's like oats, maybe you're having like some artichokes, uh, okra. Yeah. I mean, you can get fiber like from so many different sources, but basically this is all based on what we eat. Not only are we looking at the, the microbiome component, 90% of the serotonin in the body is made in the gut based on what you eat. So we think of serotonin as being a chemical that impacts your brain health and impacts happiness and helps you to get rid of stress and anxiety. Well, 90% of that is based on what you eat. A lot of the dopamine that we produce in the body is based on what we eat. Dopamine yeah. is a hormone that causes you to feel good and to feel yeah. motivation. Like exercise also produces dopamine. Right. So, you know, you work out and you're like, yeah, I can go conquer the world. That's because you got a dopamine hit. <laughs> Melatonin is created from these same pathways that create serotonin in the body. That is what controls your ability to get a good night's sleep. These are all controlled through food. So really mental health care does start with what you eat. Conversely, when you eat a lot of crap or processed right. foods or refined sugars, we now know how directly that impacts the microbiome and depletes it, how it lowers immunity, yeah. how it increases stress response. So really we are gonna be seeing a lot more with diet in the coming years and how food directly impacts your mental health. That's, that's awesome. Cause that's what I'm about. We have to know what we're eating and, oh, absolutely. How, it, and how it affects us and and that if we're going to eat bad, that it's going to probably make us sick. And, and people don't think that way. Yeah. yeah. Make you sick or at, at a very minimum, yeah. not be at your best. No, you don't have your energy. You don't, you're mm -hmm. fatigued and you might be sleepy yeah. and stuff. So. Yeah, food directly contributes like to fatigue, to not feeling well, to not having a, enough energy. So it, it is absolutely, I think the future of everything, you know, not just mental health care, but really how do we feel and how do we optimize our health? It all comes down to what we're eating. Yeah, it really does come down to what we're eating. I mean, I had a bunch of food sensitivities, so that affected my energy, that affected my sleep, that affected everything. Yes. And so I think food plays a huge part in what we're doing. In, in our lives. And I don't think people think about it that way. Honestly, they don't because we didn't grow up being taught that this is more of a recent, very recent scientific discovery. Nutritional psychology is still a very new and emerging field, even though Ayurveda has known this for thousands of years. When it comes to like Western medicine in general, uh, we're just really beginning to understand the importance of like diet and sleep and all of the stuff and how it impacts our mental health. Yeah, and I actually took a course on the psychology of eating because that I knew that has to play a huge part in why we have different health issues in this world. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so is there anything you would like to tell my audience? 
It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey, you can always move forward. All it takes is a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of effort. So small steps, you are going to still be moving forward each and every day. Learn your constitution type, find what motivates you, and always keep your faith because there is always a way to feel better naturally. And you know, you're here for a reason. Everyone has a purpose. So don't underestimate that. And, you know, you can't live your purpose if you don't feel your best. So just keep pushing forward. That was amazing. Thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you so much for having me.